What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, and you are now listening to Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for the night, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I'm joined by my best friend, Eric Two Fly, Eric Trembicki. Here we are, here we are, here we are. And uh, this is already this is already the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. So I'm gonna dub this the greatest episode of all time. Uh, and I'm not gonna be <laughs> preview of all time. Yeah, I'm not gonna beat it over the head like WWE in every sentence. But this is the greatest episode ever, and the greatest. We put pe- it in the logo. <laughs> we should. I, I wish I was doing YouTube. I can get the the split screen and put, <laughs> and put it and put it in the video. But no YouTube tonight, guys. So. uh Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitch, leave us a five-star review. And before we get into the advertised content, which is Backlash previewing it, uh, we talked about NXT TakeOver in your house for a quick second before we started. So uh, I know we don't really follow much on NXT on a weekly basis anymore. So give me your thoughts on NXT TakeOver in your house. Well, uh, I thought NXT TakeOver in your house was extremely fun. Uh, and I would say that because of my memories of In Your House as a, a child or running them on VHS when my brothers were picking them out at the movie store or the, the rental store, um, watching that stuff back on you know various WWE documentaries and the WWE Network. I love the setup. I love the look. I love the feel. And Lord, I, I hope they keep this going when the crowds come back. I, I want to see this again. So overall, I, I definitely give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a lot of fun. It, it was great seeing Todd Pettengale again. Uh, you said you missed the Adam Cole Ico Pro commercial, even though it was short and sweet. I thought it was pretty effective. Uh, they even had a ice cream bar commercial, which I did appreciate. I thought it was really fun. And the matches on the card, I thought it was actually pretty good. The only complaint I could really say is the whole... Uh, with the women's six man, I had a little problem with that. Like they didn't really focus on like Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai specifically, like with the feuds in the match. But I thought the entire card was a lot of fun. I thought uh, was not not yeah, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. I thought they had a really good match. I thought they worked really well together. And I think the match of the night we we should both agree on this was the triple threat for the women's title. I thought that was an excellent match. Well, well, first of all, I I, I gotta actually kind of. Um dispute your statement there i actually really like the opener i like it I, I just had a nitpick with it yeah i just it, in that regards i feel like they need to move on from that feud and i really like that tegan knox got the the the, the pinfall win over dakota kai where it, it's like finally finally she gets that that pinfall i feel like the majority of the time she's been taking the loss um it, it, it was it was really good action, and I I freaking love Tia Knox. I I don't know if I sent that in the group you text. Did. Like I, I yeah, I was watching it maybe an hour or two behind, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, I don't know the last time I liked a girl this much before like her pop, and I can only really think of I guess Io Shirai before her heel turn. But I mean, I don't know. She's she's so good. I I, I yeah, I love everything about her. I love her interest. I love her theme music. I love her look. She's great in the ring. Fun match. I, one of my favorite, more fun openers in quite some time. Yeah, especially uh, also uh, Keith Lee and Johnny Gargano. I thought that match was like 
booked perfectly. Like I love Johnny Gargano, yeah. like starting from like the living room and coming <laughs> coming through the door. So it was like he literally came from in his house, and there was a spot he's trying to run away from Keith Lee. He's trying to like get into the front door, which I, which I did really appreciate. And then you can see the. Uh, the eye ring or wherever wherever the front door cameras are nowadays you can see it it's taking a shot at Johnny Gargano which I thought, was, I thought was a lot of fun and that match was told perfectly I thought I thought Johnny Gargano got destroyed like he should but even like the whole key spot came back into effect and I thought that was going to be the end of the match at that point but they did a good job surprising me on that one and, and they did a really good job of actually making you blink the, uh, believe the title could change because I know when he hit that DDT at one point I was like oh we may have an upset. Yeah, I did too, especially with the whole key spot because that was a thing on NXT TV and it came out of nowhere as well. So I thought that was actually going to be the end of the match, but they did a good job of like swerving me. And you commented on this a little bit, but I'm not sure if it's really that important to you. So Paul Heyman's out as uh, creative creative leader of Raw. They're condensing the Raw and SmackDown Ryan teams and Bruce Pritchard is going to be in charge. And so it's almost a year to the day where both Heyman and Bischoff were hired to run both Raw and SmackDown. And I'm not sure if this is another cost-cutting measure because per reports, like, there's been talent that's been rehired or asked to come back. I know Kurt Angle was offered a new deal but turned him down. MVP was originally hired to be an agent, but he's now just demoted just to an on-screen, car- on-screen character. And... Do you have any thoughts on Paul Heyman getting demoted to just being an on-screen character? Yeah, I absolutely hate it. There's not many more larger Heyman fans that you know than me. Um, I'll say there was damn near a year period, or it felt like a year for me, where I only watched the current product in hopes of the time for Paul Heyman to come out and cut a promo. I would sit there and watch a two- or three-hour episode of Monday Night Raw hoping – to see Heyman come out and talk because nothing else grabbed my interest as much as what he had to say. Um, I like to think what he's can do and has done with the current product is really good. Now, and don't get me wrong. I, I may contradict myself. Like there's not a lot in the whole product I really love, but there's, I definitely see what he's done over the last year. He was playing the seeds for certain guys and I don't like that they're letting him go. Um, I know he's still there as a, you know, orn, you know, a orn screen character, and that means until Brock's around, unless, unless they're, we're going to do something else where he's going to manage someone, which I don't see. I mean, this is New York turning me off again. Yeah, cause, well, so it's not like Raw and SmackDown were kind of like knocking anybody's socks off in the past year with anything, yeah. but. If you especially, had, especially uh, since current situations of pandemic. Oh yeah, definitely, out. definitely. But Oops. even like, I'll actually give them a little bit more credit now, because like they're actually like really trying. And Grant, there's like only maybe two or three stories I actually care about, but they're actually trying. And it's not, it's not the stories being told that I don't care about. It's just the individuals that they. What are the two them stories with. you care about? I like the whole Rollins and Mysterio. Even though, even though I'm. T- I'm I'm not the biggest Ray guy anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that story's been really good. I think Seth Rollins okay. has been on a whole other level. Uh, the women's tag team with Bailey and Sasha, I think that's really mm-hmm. been really good. I'll get to that a little bit later. And the Edge and Randy Orton thing, which we'll get to shortly, which is I'll get it's set up to fail, but I'll get that to, I'll get to that in a little bit. But 
it's, it's but, go ahead. Given the circumstances, you think they really do have you hooked on that? I don't As say, you just I, said, it's set up to fail. But like, do they? They have you. Are you interested because it's Edge and he's back after all these years, or are you actually interested because of what they're putting on the television? Well, I'm interested in how can I put this? So I'm interested in the context of it. I can care less about the whole tagline of the greatest wrestling wrestling match ever. I can care less about that. But like when we when I talk about it, when we talk about it in a few minutes, I'll give you a breakdown of the things that are actually making me feel intrigued. But the whole Rollins and Mysterio thing with like Ray is so mad and and Seth's just like I didn't do anything wrong. Like I like I helped you. And then I'm not sure if you heard about the rumors of Dominic joining Seth's stable. Oh, oh, of course. There's, there's no way I cannot get away from those rumors. I've heard that rumor so many times. I pray that is not what happens. I hope anything in the world happens besides that. I hope lightning strikes down and blows up the whole building while they're all in there because I'm tired of hearing that rumor so much. I want anything besides it because I don't want every mark in the world to say, well, we knew this was coming. I saw this coming. Well, that's going to happen no matter what. <laughs> but I, I think, like, Seth's been, like, excellent on a whole other level. It's just, like... It's if like, that actually happens, like... I love Ray Mysterio, and I appreciate him more and more every year. But, geez, like, who got a worse break than him with all the ass kickings he's got, had his mask ripped off in a couple companies, had his eye poked through Steph's, Won his one and only WWE championship, lost it an hour later, and just that for a son to turn on him. But, but to, to but to my my statement about the two or three stories, this is Rey Mysterio's first real story since he's been back, and that's going on almost two years now. He hasn't really had anything compelling, and this is like like I said, I'm well, compelling, kill. compelling in that way, yes. But I mean, the Joe feud, there was a story there. Yeah, but that wasn't anything. <laughs> Just because the WrestleMania match and the battle pack doesn't excite you. The battle pack is better than the match, and it's just that one figure. If you want to, if you want to get down to it, but they just raised the. Uh, this is completely irrelevant. But I've had that and the Brock Sean Ultimate Editions in, in my car on Amazon. And Sean's price just went up. I was ready to finally pull the trigger today. You should have got the sale. On ringside lat when I got him, and use that promo code M Madness for ten percent off your order. But uh, <laughs> enough with the plug. So we're gonna start with the greatest wrestling match ever. So <laughs> I love your reaction, by the way. So do I was th- trying to think of a house hardcore match. <laughs> so do you think these guys will wrestle in singlets? What? The greatest wrestling match ever. We gonna get them in singlets. It's gonna be Olympic style or what? No. <laughs> All right. So Edge and Randy Orton. I've been drinking. I that you you had me for a second. I know. <laughs> I know you like what? <laughs> but uh, so with this whole tagline of the greatest wrestling match ever. So this match is already destined destined to. I don't want to say fail, but not meet expectation because one, there's no fans in attendance. And like I understand it's Brandon, but it's it's not an easy headline to live up to anyway. I have no doubt the story will be there from an in ring perspective and what goes on in the ring, but I think it's just set up to fail and you'll get like 
the nerds in the comments saying, no, my God, this was not the best wrestling match ever. This wasn't even top 10 of the year. Uh, have you seen Ric Flair versus Steamboat? Have you seen Kenny versus Okada? That was the best wrestling match ever. So no matter what, this, is just, this isn't set up to succeed anyway. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole the best wrestling match tagline? Wrong era, wrong time, wrong company to advertise it. <laughs> so, but at the top of the show a few minutes ago, I mentioned this. So I'm going to give them... All right, let me see. All right, so from Edge's perspective on Randy Orton, because this Edge stuff is saying is a lot of the things I knock on Randy Orton for, especially, and I know Ron does too. So Edge is telling the story. Who? Adam Copeland. No. You, you were talking about people that knock him for it. Oh, uh, Junior. So. Please say the Junior. Yeah. So on the May 18th episode of Raw, Edge accepts Randy Orton's challenge for a good old straight-up wrestling match. And Edge is telling the story, story of... WWE was a basically Randy Orton's backup plan, didn't, and he doesn't have the heart for the business, and he doesn't have the heart for the business like he has, and doesn't love the sport. He's complacent, and he was handed everything. And on the March 18th episode of Raw, May 18th episode of Raw, Edge accepts the challenge. On the May 25th Raw, we see Edge cutting a promo talking about he was the, the workhorse and had to change his style so that with the greats such as HBK, Owen Hart, Undertaker, and Rey Mysterio. Then on the June 1st episode of Raw, Randy Orton admits to phoning it in and half-assing stuff and accomplish more than anyone in the locker room and says, I don't even have to pretend to be any of your childhood heroes. I just have to show up and lace my boots. And this past Monday Night Raw on Christian's peep show, Christian basically challenged Edge because Edge was basically doubting himself, saying, like we talked about, the great this match is being tagged as the greatest wrestling match ever. And Christian said, you couldn't even do that in your prime. And Edge is basically having a lot of self-doubt because this is his first actual wrestling match with no stipulation in the last nine years. So, a lot of substance here. I don't think it's set up to succeed. Your thoughts? Well, like the majority of our listeners, you know, there, there's the uh, news and reports that this is being pre-recorded, and I don't know if they're going to record mo- I'm nervous in ways like when they say stuff like that. Do they record multiple takes, and they're going to use pieces from each match and make a really good match. Um, I do think at the end of the day, yes, these are two talented wrestlers. These are two of the greats, definitely the some of the greats from their era, from their early era where like Edge was at his prime, Randy was in his youth. Yeah. Orton and Edge both said it the best in interviews. This is the greatest rib of all time. <laughs> There's, they are set up to fail with this tagline. Um, I think the match will be good, but I, I give this to AJ Styles, Kevin Owen, United States Championship feud syndrome. Like AJ Styles, U.S. Champ, Kevin Owens, defend, or U.S. Champ. Like these guys going at it, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, wow, do you remember what John Cena was doing with the belt a year ago? Wow, these guys are going to. These guys are going to tear the house down. And they had like two or three matches against each other, and they all sucked. (laughs) Or they were extremely average. There was nothing that anyone can remember about them. The only thing you remember is that it was disappointing. Yeah. I I hope that doesn't happen. Do I think it'll be a good match? Yes. Do I think it's going to be Sammy Callahan and Pentagon Jr. at the 2300 Arena? No. Yeah, I, yeah so, like I said, I agree, and both these guys are known for, like, having spectacular matches. A lot of it's more character work, and that's why I said, 
is more story driven for this match. So who wins, Edge or Orton? Edge. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna agree with Edge too. And now another story that's actually compelling, but I can care less. Well, not compelling, interesting. Is the WWE Championship Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley? If you're a Bice, if you're a Bobby Lashley fan, then this is for you. So MVP has started to align himself with Bobby Lashley and is basically rejuvenating his career. Bob's been added the full Nelson to his arsenal, and has been, that's been the big part of the feud. And McIntyre can get free of the full Nelson. And not a Bob guy, like I said, but this is probably the biggest thing he's done since he defeated Roman Reigns two years ago, since when he came back. And according to the reports as well, MVP was good, well, MVP, good note. MVP was aligned with Lashley for a future title run, and this combination has shown has had success in the past and impact when Lashley was the world champion. So. I don't personally. I personally don't think they're going to take the title of McIntyre here specifically. But what are your thoughts on this feud, and what are your thoughts on Lashley possibly being the champion with MVP? Um. Earlier note to the the first statement. I I like the idea of the feud, and, and I hope they. And again, I was not. I know they've had matches in the past elsewhere, and. I don't know exactly how that all transpired, how the feud went, or how it was perceived by fans. I do hope, for their sake, WWE can execute this better. I think, given all current circumstances, they have done an amazing job, actually, with this storyline to make it believable that Lashley can take the title. I don't think McIntyre should lose it right now, but I do want Lashley to win it. Really? Maybe not now. Uh, maybe SummerSlam. Maybe the month before SummerSlam. The day after SummerSlam. The the pay per view after SummerSlam. I think. I, I mean, I, I have wanted this Lashley Lesnar match to happen since Lashley has came back. I think it should happen. Uh, I thought we we got deprived out of this uh, when we got Ricochet versus Brock across seas. I thought that was the perfect opportunity, like, finally, to give give Lashley what he came back to the company for. Give it to him. There's no title, blah, blah, blah. Or, actually, I guess there was a title match. But, um, yeah, I mean, the guy can go in the ring, and he, ha- he has always needed a mouthpiece. His wife definitely wasn't going to do the job. MVP fits the bill. But, and I think only time will make this get better and better and better. I mean, let's have like MV- like imagine MVP coming out in a suit with him every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. And uh, th- like the pair looks well together. Uh, I think the- I think eventually the Street Profits might align themselves with them as well for a more serious it- role. But like I said, like this is a- actually an interesting story. They actually put a lot of effort into into Bob, but I just- I could just kind of care less about Bob and MVP at this point. And I think a I think a big factor in this as well, especially for this first match. And I do agree, Lashley will eventually win the win the title. But I think a big glaring thing in this thing is any well, MVP hate here. Uh, Act six five. All right. So for the listeners at home, I I, I got to tell a quick brief story. So friend of the show knows MVP. Not gonna drop her name. Not want to air her or him out. But. MVP tried running game on a friend of the show. And as a rib, Ron Pastry Jr. wanted to get a quick selfie with MVP during a House of Hardcore show. <laughs> quick little, you know, selfie. Let me, hey, hey, I know you know such and such. She would get a kick out of this. 
MVP big times Pash. Pash literally laughs and he does like he's like who who the, who the hell is MVP? <laughs> like MVP's working the indie circuit at the time, no New Japan, no Impact like deal going on. So we're we are a minimum of ten deep at a house hardcore show. And we're wrapping around the corner of where we're sitting, front row. Five people this way, five people this way. So me and my drunk shenanigans, again, this is this is a good time. I'm telling everybody, yo, MVP coming around, everybody, yo, don't show him no love. Mind you, he's you a know, baby you, face. You, 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 you don't, like, yeah, Philly really loves him. So, you know, you got, I don't know, 1,500 people in the venue, and there's, you know, 1,490 people that really like him, but there's 10 people that decide – F this guy. I'm the first guy. We're flipping him off the bird, blah, blah, blah. He, he, he don't care about none of us. He makes the way around, comes up to our, a guy with a six five. This guy, obviously, by the name, he's six foot five. He gets right in his face, blah, blah, blah. Little, little in, encounter, whatever. They re-sparked us at another house hardcore show. And, you know, none of us, all of us that were there, we basically don't like him after this. I will be, I, I will be the guilty soul to say I was not watching the product when MVP was active. He got let go shortly after I started watching again. Don't know much about him. Plus this, plus he big times with my friend. So F him. But since then, I have listened to him on several podcasts that I listened to and just kind of get running down his story. I can't help but like the prick. <laughs> He's got a great story, a great background. I'm glad he's back with the company. There's a lot I don't like about WWE. A guy like MVP being back with the company is something I like about it. Yeah, that's some. That's so typical by you. You hate somebody until you, you hate somebody until you hear an interview. I hate somebody until I know them. <laughs> I, I've dealt with that with that my whole life. Most people until they know me, they don't like me. <laughs> How can anybody hate you? But uh, I don't know, man. There's a long line it's so, around the corner. But something hanging around this, hanging over this feud is Lana, because Lana, Bob Zach's Lana, not to come to ringside, and both Lana, and, Lana and MVP have had their differences. So I do think Lana's going to come come into play in the finish of this match. So I'm going to go with McIntyre to retain. What about you? I'm going with McIntyre to retain, and I hope the feud carries on. I'd like to even see it be like maybe like, I don't know, like a, a multi-person match when he eventually wins and Tuttle could go back and forth. But I would like to see – I'd like to see Bobby win it for multiple reasons. All right. So the women's titles on the – the Raw women's titles on the line next. Oscar defending against Nia Jax. Then after Money in the Bank, Oscar was awarded the Raw women's title from a pregnant Becky Lynch. And on the May 25th Raw, Nia defeated Charlotte and Natty in a triple threat match. In the last two weeks, Nia has caused Oscar matches against Charlotte. I know, I know you're not a Nia Jax fan. She's she nearly killed everybody. She nearly killed Kyrie Sane. She sucks. The last so few, bad. Last few times they've been in the ring together. Who wins? I hope Oscar. She wasn't awarded. She it was an exchange for her briefcase. Yeah, I'm going with Oscar too. I, th- I think Oscar and <clears throat> I think Oscar and Charlotte's the new big feud. That they're gonna have since there's no more Becky Lynch. Go ahead. Yeah, they they can take Nia Jackson, the Forgotten Sons, and Future Endeavor, <laughs> the four of them. The women's tag team titles on the line: Bailey Doe Straps and Sasha Banks defending the newly won Bailey's tag so hot against the Iconics and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross on the May 25th Raw. We saw the Iconics return, get a win over Bliss and Cross, and earn a title shot the following week, which they lose. 
which we see some dissension between the Iconics. Billy Clay slaps Pay and Royce in the face post-match backstage. Last week on SmackDown, despite friction between Sasha and Bayley, they defeat Bliss and Cross to win the women's tag team titles. Now, this is intriguing because, like I said early in the top of the show, I know the tag titles are props in this whole situation, but I don't mind them progressing a story for the short, for the short term, and that's what it's for for Sasha and Bayley. And like Prep always talks about that with Austin and Undertaker from the Attitude Era, but that was just to progress a story of, a, of an alliance. And but Sasha and Bay looks like we're really going to get that feud in the future. You got something to say? No, you know I, I'm agreeing with what you're saying. I'm just thinking it's uh, it's it's cool to me, or not necessarily cool, but isn't it kind of funny that Sasha and Bailey just regained? After over a year, oh yeah, well over a year, they just gained these regained these women tag titles, and their defense this weekend is the most important women's tag team championship match since they lost them. Oh yeah, definitely because they put that because even before even before Sasha and Bailey won, they actually put emphasis on it. Like we had a re- returning Iconics. They were telling a story with Billy slapping Peyton and Peyton had more of an aggressive side to her. So they actually like attempted to tell an actual story here. I'm not sure if you saw the clip, but I did post it on the Madness IG story. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember the dirt sheet saying they were on the floor crying and stomping uh, their oh, feet. Yeah, never forget it. <laughs> and uh, right after they won at their, at their photo, sh- photo op, they they took a video of themselves crying crying on the floor complaining and stuff. So I thought that was actually fun. So who who you got winning the women's tag team titles? I'm hoping the Boston Hug Connection regain or retain. I'm sorry. I I don't see any reason to let them off. Uh, uh, you know, let the belts off. They should get a couple couple defenses in my opinion. Because yeah, I mean, I, I guess if, if they lose, the Iconics makes sense. It, it, they would be a solid two time defending champions. And if they have it, I hope they get a strong run, unlike their first run, where like you never saw them at the belts, you never saw them defend. Um, I like Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss as a team, but we don't need to see them as a three-time champion. So I'm kind of all over the place with this, and that is a good thing. So on Raw was interesting because Charlotte and Asuka won a triple threat tag team match, and they pinned one of the Iconics. So... And then also Nikki Cross, she's got the short end of the stick because she took in pin, she took the pinfall loss, like, on SmackDown. So I think Sasha and Bailey will retain, but I do think the Iconics are the next women's tag team champions because I don't expect them to be champions come August. Sometime in July they're going to drop those titles to the Iconics, I believe. And whoever wins this match, they whoever wins this match, they show up to NXT on Wednesday night and they're going to take on Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart for the tag team titles. Ooh, I like that. Now, all right, right. but Boston, Boston, uh, Hogan Connection dropped their straps in NXT. I have time for that. They can regain and go drop them. I need Tegan Knox with a strap. (laughs) I'll buy. I'll buy the SmackDown Women's Tag full full rip and call somebody for a custom side plate for her. So, what do you think about the name Bailey Doe Straps? I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. Jeff Hardy and Sheamus now. Actually, hold on, hold on. L- little merch fandom. Do you know how bad I wanted? Like, you you and um, you and Pash both have the Raw, Raw women's belt. And I've been telling myself. And I still actually, we, you know, we, we started with TakeOver. 
I've been wanting to buy the NXT women's replica for a while. I really wanted to buy it while Shayna had it, just since, you know, I, I briefly met her at an airport. Um, and I was like, I, I've had a hard time deciding, like, you know, my first women's replica, it should, you know, kind of have some significance, blah, 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 blah. So I've been telling myself I want to buy the SmackDown, and, like, the goofy thing I want to do is buy both of Bailey's side plates and put one of each, like, her baby face on one side, her heel on the mm-hmm. other side. So that's kind of uh, my Mark Out Fandle moment I just had to kind of throw out there since, since we're talking about her with the dose straps. Did you hear that we're getting a Bailey in Elite 80? I can't wait. I need it. <laughs> I hope they make the butt accurate. <laughs> Jeff Hardy and Sheamus <laughs> right now. This has become a personal story, especially with Jeff Hardy's past demons. So on the May 29th, episode of SmackDown. Jeff Hardy was attacked and reeked of, reeked of alcohol. You can you can relate. And he wakes up to a crime scene where his car was damaged and uh, injured Elias was fell in the parking lot and Jeff had no memory of the no memory of anything. And this la- last week on SmackDown, Jeff Hardy basically came out and I th- even though I think Jeff's t- a terrible promo, I thought he cut a, a nice passionate promo about how he's basically trying to fight his demons and turn his life around. And he reveals that the person that jumped him in the parking lot was Sheamus. So we got Sheamus and Jeff Hardy at Backlash this Sunday. Who are you going with? I got to go with my childhood uh, favorite, Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jeff Hardy as well. And a couple quick hits. I can care less about the Universal title match. So Braun Strowman is defending against the Miz and Morrison in a handicap match. Who wins? I would like Morrison to get his first world title victory, but obviously that's not going to happen. Nobody ever wins a title in a, in a handicap match. Braun Strowman retains. Yeah, I'm going to go with Braun as well. And the, the the U.S. titles on the line, Apollo defending against Andrade. Andrade won a triple threat match to become number one contender over Angel Garza and Kevin Owens on Royal Monday night. Who wins, Apollo or Andrade? Apollo. Yeah, I agree with Apollo too. And... I that that's all I got for you this week. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, I guess let, let's uh, play a little round robin, playing some hot topics. So to piggyback off the U.S. title defense, um, they have been talking about it for roughly 372 months. <laughs> um, the United States Championship is going to get a facelift. We have only talked about it on the show four and a half times, so. Being that Andrade, Ric Flair's future son-in-law, could get his second title reign. We have Apollo, who out of nowhere finally gets his first championship win. And then we have the other, I don't know, let's throw a round number, 100 superstars signed to WWE. Who do you see debuting a new design for the WWE title? Little, or I'm sorry, a new design for the WWE United States title. And for the listeners, just keep in mind, CM Punk held the world title, WWE World Championship, for 434 days. And they made him lose it just so The Rock could debut a new design. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't. Uh. I'm not sure how I'm now see we've heard this report on numerous occasions and that's the only belt that hasn't gotten a facelift it's got minor adjustments but that belt's been around for 17 years that design specifically um we'll get to that god damn that's a long ass yeah, design yeah, long we'll get, time we'll get, th- we'll get to that 
in a few weeks because that's on the docket in the future. Um, but I guess Apollo. But I know a lot of times after his debut, they lose it immediately. So maybe I guess Apollo. I'm not sure if it's ready or it, not. It's kind. Yeah. So like. I thought Andrade kind of would have been the one or Ray or like that feud. Like when that feud was live and like going and it was going warm. I don't even want to say it was going hot. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to guess on who it would be. I mean, I, I would like, I mean, it'd be cool to have that backlash um, and, and it'd be a pile. I don't know. Bless you. Bless you. I just died. Wow. Yeah, but- so, you know, you, you predict something that you know that's not going to happen and then you start getting allergic to yourself. <laughs> yeah, because they, like they said, they've been saying that for years. They, like, I remember, like, I think back in, was it last last April or this past April that they, they said they got, they got new tag belts designed that we, oh, never, yeah, saw, that we yeah. never saw and stuff. I mean, imagine for how long has it been that that's the only belt with a nameplate? Only one left. Everybody Since else has twenty fourteen, I think. Uh, whenever I got rid of Big Gold, yeah. To twenty fourteen, yeah. Twenty fourteen, yeah. But yeah, it, it's definitely a, needs a facelift. And plus, you already know I don't really care for that belt at all. Uh, I care for it. Um, it's not quality wise and accuracy and replica wise. It's not the best. But I definitely think years from now it will be a belt that is looked back on fondly. I think due to how long it, it got stagnant, it's been around too long. But I I'd like to think a young Balo when he saw that belt come out on a Thursday night SmackDown many many moons ago, he was like, whoa whoa, what is that? I and did. I like to think you're positive, positively a fan. Yeah, I did like the belt, but I still preferred the WCW US belt. Well, that's a beautiful damn belt. It is. But, yeah, so, anything else? Any new merch? Uh, no. I'm No no new merch. Anything you're plotting on? Uh, well, Elite 76. Seven has started popping up. Was it seventy-seven? The Christian set is that seventy-seven or seventy-eight? I have no idea. I, I think it's either seventy-seven or seventy-eight. That's popped up. That's starting to pop Christian, up at Walmart. Is, is that Viscera or no? No, that no. That's the uh, the SummerSlam. Okay, so that's seventy-eight. Seventy-seven okay. is uh the Christian one. So that sets Christian to pop Cena. Up. I'm trying to think what else I wanted. There. That is the one with heavy machinery, right? Yeah, in the late in the Lacey. So that's on the pop up in Walmart. Haven't seen it. I have seen the battle pack. Heavy machinery, Lacey, Christian. Who who else are we forgetting from here? John Cena. I thought we said Cena. Okay. Yeah, the Cena's good. Heavy machinery's good. Christian, Lacey. No, 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 that's five. That's can that count? Is that all six? Oh, uh, missing some. I guess we're missing somebody. Yeah, I mean, if Otis had grown me the way he did, I'd be content with just like Cena, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Elite seventy six, not seventy seven. Oh, Braun. 
Oh, shirtless brawn. You know what? Yeah, that brawn's a must-have because, one, I kind of want everybody with that trophy, so I need that mojo. And this is the only one that has everyone's name. Mm-hmm. The other one doesn't have everybody. The other one doesn't have the names. Well, it's, oh, well, it's I don't know if Mojo does, but Cesaro didn't. And the Big, Big Show, Show did? did not. Big he Show did, did not. Yeah, I thought he did. No, nope. I'm pretty sure this is the only one. Okay. Yeah. So that's this, this whole set's good. I almost would say I'd be good with all of them except Lacey. But at this point, I have such that, a stacked that women's good. roster. I mean, that one's good. Yeah, the whole thing, the whole set's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that one's good, and I, I really I, just as I look at it, I just feel like spitting blood. <laughs> Ill, but uh, the latest battle packs are out. I, I've seen as well. Uh, Kevin Owens and uh, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet and Velveteen Dream. That's out. I've seen that in person. And uh, the latest basic set with Bianca Belair. That's starting to hit shelves as well. So for the uh, listeners at home. If any of them are subscribers to the Pro Wrestling Crate, any of the true uh, wrestling figure fandom, we're, we're going to get in trouble real fast right here on the pod. This is an exclusive. This is perks of being subscribed to a certain figure podcast, being a Patreon to it. I'm assuming these are upcoming micro brawlers to the Pro Wrestling Crate. So this month is completing the Major Brothers. You got the Stomp in Paradise, Brian Myers, which can, you know goes alongside to Matt Cardona from last month. Matt Cardona spilled on the show that Tommy Dreamer in House of Hardcore gear is coming. And they have a new wave that is actually being shipped out right now. So I'm sure that's got to be the next crate coming up. Um, there's someone else that's like another flashback. Oh, Honky Tonk Man. Honky Tonk Man and Tommy Dreamer, which I'm predicting are the next two months uh, micro rollers. So for any subscribers, I either just ruined your next two months or I helped build up the excitement. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for all the anticipation. So uh, I guess that's it for tonight. Uh, make sure to head over to Ringside Collectibles and use promo code MMADNESS for 10% off for your order. Catch that July 4th sale. That's currently active. Also, head over to whatamaneuver.net for your Matt Madness gear. And like I said at the top of the show, subscribe on all pop subscribe subscribe on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. So for the, so for X2 Flyer, I'm Trim Bicky. I'm Alo Aaron Lloyd, and we will see you next week. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.